two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis, penis. Hello, Jenna Cantor here, and I'm coming on to this podcast, The Farts Podcast, to talk about this article that was written by Michael Barra on December 13, 2020 for Fortune Magazine. And he was talking about when Broadway comes back, five ways the pandemic will transform the live theater industry. And it's really cool going back to this article now going to it now, now in 2022. So he was talking about 2021, but 2022 to be like, were his predictions correct? So the first thing he discussed was, will Broadway programming shift focus? So he, in this, he states, Broadway audiences during the most recent complete season were made up of 35% local residents and 65% tourists. But he believed that the tourist audience would actually decrease a lot after the pandemic. So where are we at? Do we have a lot of tourists coming back or not? I don't think we have as many tourists coming in at all. I think it's more dependent on the locals coming in uh, for the audiences. I mean, that's what New York is new york is a tourist attraction so there he was saying broadway will need to develop and produce content tailored more towards 35 percent of the audiences the, the locals the new york locals and and the suburbs of new york and relied less on international tourists and in in order to build up their audience and get it yeah just better. I, I just think, I think it's so, such an interesting thought that that was his first thought and a prediction for the year of 2020. So it's, it's 2021. So did that happen? Did it? I'm, I'm right now recording this in advance and it's, and we're just getting to the end of 2021 and I'm finally about to see my first Broadway show. So I'm, I'm actually really interested in this. When I go in, I'm going to keep my ears popped if I can hear any different languages, you know, maybe, maybe talk to some people and see if there are people from, you know, not New York and significantly traveled as tourists for the Broadway world. Then he was saying, the next prediction would be viable alternatives to New York and London will emerge. So where will the theater fans go to get their fix until they are able to safely travel back to New York and London? They will seek out and find high quality professional productions closer to home. This is so great that if this really did become true, this is so wonderful for the many professional regional theaters, for the community theaters. People are just going, you know, I just really want to see live theater. Let's support the people locally. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing to me. I would love for that to be true. Absolutely. Expecting the existing circuits of nonprofit regional th theaters in the U.S. and subsidized theaters in the U.K. to lead the recovery. I definitely get that. I have a lot of friends who've been booking work all over the U.S. and in Europe. People I know on tours and everything. Or my husband says it's tour, Jenna. I pronounce it tour, not tour. I say tour. Potato, potata. <laughs> but, but. 
He's saying that as the audience get to experience this high quality theater closer to their area, it will help build up there and then therefore trickle down for them going, oh, I think I want to now go to, to New York or to the to uh, London to see like the big, big shows, the big, big Broadway productions. I think this is this would be true. This is what he was saying for people in London as well. Um, just going somewhere closer to home and in Germany, Australia, Spain, Japan, uh, they, they would just look more locally. Then the next prediction was the creative class will migrate. The creative class will migrate. So during the pandemic, many actors, directors, writers, and others have vacated urban cultural centers for locals offering more space and affordability. While away, they've learned how to better work and collaborate remotely from submitting video auditions to doing developmental or pre-production work via Zoom. Oh my gosh, in the new reality, many creators will find they can continue working in this fashion without negatively impacting their careers. Ooh, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so we have already seen that change in this year in 2021. The submissions, there are a lot more virtual submissions before you even get to go to that in-person. Yes, there's some in-person stuff, but a lot of it's from submitting first. Submit first, then if you pass that first thing, then you go. So I think this is actually a really good thing and a bad thing. Where it's a good thing is it saves theaters a lot of money and time because every single day when they're booking out that room and that space, the pianist, I mean, this is a lot of money. They're usually paying for the people who are casting or the, the director, if they're there, they're paying for their hotel, their food, every, it's a very expensive trip. It's a very big investment. So to be doing things over Zoom and, and get sticking with a lot more virtual systems is very wise in that way. But now here I'm going to give my own little two cents and experience. I miss the old way. I'm so, I'm getting that opportunity to perform. Because let's face it, we spend more of our career getting rejected than actually performing. So if you really think about that, the number of times you get rejected, if you actually took count of that, oh, that's a, that's a big number. That's a big number for most of us. So if I'm not going in person, I'm not getting that opportunity to perform, to get that like live feeling a little bit in my bones, get a nod to the pianist, walk in, take my space, get to sing a song, be in that moment. Thank you. And I, I, there, there is something to be said about that magical experience. And for that to be dying down, for even lesser people to get that opportunity is like, <gasps> no. Ah, so I do definitely appreciate getting the virtual system, but that to me is a loss. Another thing I've heard other people say is, how do we know they even saw our stuff? How do they know we know if they even watched? Listen, you don't. You don't even know when, if you, when you're in the room auditioning for them, if they're even looking at you, if they've already found another face or if they're looking at your resume and that's really all they care about in that moment, like resume-wise to tell them they can hear you. Okay, yeah, I can hold a note. Great, next step and move them forward. You know, you... You never know how much they are actually paying attention, no matter the circumstance. Another people I've been concerned about, oh, I would be very interested to hear comments about this, is people signing up online and like too many right away. So like the people who are locally in New York, and say, let's say, let me, I'm, I'm skipping some things. So let's say there's an audition in New York for the freaking Lion King, okay? And people 
uh, they have signups to audition and that thing fills up real fast online, like insanely fast to the point where you're just like, I refreshed the button multiple times. It kept saying it was busy. I never got it. It's that kind of concern people have that they can no longer sign up or, or get seen, you know, and, and it's, it doesn't, it won't work. It won't work. I wonder how that's been going or if that has been a thing at all. Very, very curious for people with that. I haven't dealt with that kind of rushed feeling with signing up for a live audition, but I wonder. I really do. Next one, theater content. This other prediction, theater content will increasingly appear on screens big and small. So this he was referring to Hamilton on Disney and what the constitution means to me, means to me on Amazon Prime, uh, how streaming theater might be another way need, lead to another need for programming and a way of reducing risk and maximizing res, revenue, be, putting musical theater more on the screen. Honestly, I would say again, will that be another way, another way for them to make an income to, to kind of save themselves? To, will that be a new thing? I mean, honestly, I'm not against it only because I have a good friend who is in Diana and the fact that not only is she making her Broadway debut, shout out to you, Laura Stracker, I'm so proud of you, her Broadway debut, ooh, getting emotional, Broadway debut on this on this stage, and it's just wonderful, and just congrats to everyone in that show, it's just, that's just wonderful, uh, uh, making her Broadway debut, she's also in a cast album, she's also now, like, what is that, like, uh, she's, it, she's an ensemble but I mean like anybody in that could be nominated for like an Emmy now they now have a television credit what or is it like online I don't know that I don't know but I just think that is the coolest thing it's it's like on your way did an EGOT faster with one gig oh my gosh that sounds so cool to me I don't know how it will affect the live performances if that would decrease the number of people going to watch and see Diana live I'm still going to see it but I also have the bias where I must go support my friend I I loved it I think it's great I think it's very powerful Princess Diana's story really got me to think about women in that time how much things have changed how much they haven't for female rights us being able to speak up versus not being able to speak up using fashion for a point of I thought that oh absolutely fascinating and and a bummer in many ways too yeah I think I think this is such an interesting thing to be discussing. He was saying cinema will remain the preferred consumer choice for the for event viewing. Those viewing experience that are enhanced by being shared communally, but with the out- output from studios earmarked for cinemas likely to decline, opportunities for others may arise for theater content, both film and live streamed. Yeah, it's just basically repeating what I was said, saying. I think that is a, a very interesting thought that he had at the end of 2020. And I know I, Diana was one and I think there's more coming. So yeah, we'll see if that becomes just part of the part of the tradition. My one concern with that is I don't want to get the opportunity to see live theater get lost because we all know musical theater people know there's nothing like seeing it live it is absolutely phenomenal see the the way the lights come up there there was one movie uh, of Chicago that felt live to me I I was like woo on that but man it just nothing nothing compares to you love it live it's love it (laughs) and then Performers unions will consolidate. 
And in here he said, as recently as 2012, the clouding of jurisdictional boundaries between what was considered film versus television resulted in the merger of Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation AFTRA. The pandemic has precipitated a blurring of the jurisdictional boundaries between AEA and SAG when it comes to films and live stream. That's true. That is very, very true. There has been a blurred line between AEA and SAG. The two unions were embroiled in jurisdictional dispute all summer during 2020, with both unions issuing contracts to live stream or and or film theater. Oh my gosh, I totally get that. When we're when we're they were filming Hamilton, that is definitely SAG and AEA button heads. I'd never thought about this. And then a temporary compromise emerged. But the reality is when filming a live streaming theater becomes the norm, every production will need to engage their performers under contracts from two unions. Whoa, it's kind of confusing, but I get it. So uh, with this in mind, he was saying a merger of those two unions seem very plausible, even if it isn't imminent. But it does seem like a very possible thing. I definitely get that. And and then he goes on, you know, we can't really predict the future. Um, it's, it's just so interesting interesting how he thought of all these things. I, I thought this was a very interesting article to read, um, especially I'm going to add, put in when we're talking about equality and proper treatment of people and, 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 and rights and Black Lives Matter and all these very important access, access to people, uh, um, goodness, helping people, making it accessible for people of all different types of abilities, physical abilities. These are all things that we definitely need to work on. I know from speaking to people in Broadway shows of the action and meetings they took right away. It's phenomenal. We're still not fully there yet. You can see it on social media with some big things being posted on very, very hugely problematic things that have happened to some individuals. So I, I know it's not discussed in this article, but I, I cannot uh, in my right mind be like, oh, these, let's see how things change. I got to bring that up here. How can you not? That's like essential. I think that honestly takes precedence over all everything that I discussed. So feel free to say any comments about that as well, because it's, uh, it is very important. It, we are all humans. We need equal representation. Fat phobia exists and we need to fix that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Michael, for creating this article on December 13, 2020. It is, it's really got me to think about things that I never thought about. And now reflecting back and looking back at the year 2021 and now being in 2022, getting in there, uh, this is very cool. Very, very cool article. Uh, that's it. I would love to hear any comments below and always, always let's just support each other, really get each other to just feel lifted by the community, not the other way around because it's already hard enough.